Last week, I talked about how to get your creative groove back when you're feeling stuck. I talked about five different ways to do it, anything from not waiting for inspiration, committing to the process, not the product, and just personifying that resistance. But today, I want to talk about what to do when you need to get your business groove back. The thing is, is it's easy for artists to get stuck here because more than anything, we want to create. We want to do that way more than we want to tackle the business side of things. It's kind of like, can I just eat the dessert before I have to eat the salad? I just want to get to the good part. But the other thing that we deal with is that truthfully, the business side for a lot of us just can just be flat out confusing. I mean, I don't always know how to load those images. And to do that, I got to figure that out. And um, I don't always know how to create that email. So that in and of itself can cause us to freeze. And let's face it, maybe you find doing the business side of things flat out boring with a capital B. Unfortunately, though, we need to embrace all of the business side of things along with our creativity if we're going to be successful in selling our art. So in this week's episode, I'm going to share how to re-engage with those business parts and even ways to make it a little more fun. Let's get started. So if you're like so many artists I work with, the business side of things can feel so daunting that you just freeze. And then after you freeze, you sit there and you think, okay, well, I'm just going to hope that these sell. And then when that doesn't work, when hope doesn't work, then we just get frustrated. So then once we're frustrated, we think, well, I just want to go paint again. So we go paint again, or we write, or wherever our creativity is, and then we freeze again, and then we hope. It's just a terrible, vicious cycle that's frustrating and soul-crushing when we're not selling anything. So let's talk about ways to get out of that cycle so that we can start moving the needle. First, and this, I cannot stress this enough, nobody that I know that is successful in any business whatsoever, in particular the art business, does it alone. So we can't try to walk this path alone either. Now, where this gets a little tricky is that most artists, not all, but most artists are introverts. We actually like being alone. So oftentimes we choose to be alone. But in this type of situation, especially with the business side, being alone does not actually serve us. We need to have community, in particular, an art community. So how do we do that? Well, I always say to look in your own backyard and see if there is an artist community. Uh, if there is an artist community, push yourself to get out there and to join one of their get-togethers. Maybe it's an exhibition. Uh, maybe it's just a weekly meeting or a monthly meeting that we do. they do. Um, and, and join in. Now, I know this sounds like if somebody were to tell me, go alone, 
to an organization of artists and and go make friends. I I would rather shove bamboo under my fingernails <laughs> than to go alone and to do this. So try to grab a friend. That's my biggest tip. If you're going to do this, grab a friend. But the key is we have to engage in an artist community. Um, but once we do that, and by the way, it doesn't always have to be in person. You could uh, engage in an artist community online. I know that's one of the great things about um, the the programs that I offer in my artist communities that we get so much out of talking to each other. So you, even if it's not my community, you can always, you know, reach out to other online artist community. The point is don't do it alone, but here's the thing. This is really important is within those conversations with other artists, go beyond the surface level conversations and talk about your struggles because it doesn't do any good if we just show up and we talk about the sales that we're making. And listen, even if you only made like two sales the previous year, that's what we're going to want to talk about, right? Because we're feeling vulnerable and we're feeling insecure. But if you really want to get the support of other artists, we're going to have to lean into that vulnerability and really share this is where you know we're struggling. And maybe you're you're struggling just to find the right email marketing you know provider to be able to send emails and by sharing that i have found that other artists will so willingly say oh well i use mailchimp or uh, i use active campaign or i use whatever and and then within that you feel a sense of community but it is only through being vulnerable and sharing the truth about our struggles that we're able to get the support and the help, and more importantly, the connection that we need. The second thing that is so helpful in really getting unstuck from a business perspective is to time block. I can't tell you how important time blocking has been for my business. And what I mean by time blocking is to set up a schedule during your week where that time is completely devoted to the business side of your art business. I think people are are usually surprised when I share with them that the business side of my art business takes around 60 to 70% of my time. That's just the reality of having an art business. But in order to not let that suck the life out of my creativity, time blocking, and by the way, sticking to that time blocking has been really helpful. So what that has looked like for me is, especially years ago, I would look at, okay, when are the times of the day that I feel most creative? So that's the question I ask you. When is the time of day that you feel most creative? Now, there are, are no, there's no right or wrong answer to this. I know a lot of artists that feel their most creative uh, at night. You know, they don't start feeling creative till like 9 p.m. and they paint or they write or they do music or whatever they do, like from 9 p.m. till till 2 a.m. That wouldn't work for me. My favorite time um, to when I'm feeling the most creative is usually like 
you know, 2 p.m. to like 6 or 7 p.m. That's, I, that's my sweet spot for creativity. Other people's creative time is first thing in the morning. They wake up and they just can't wait to start painting. And so they'll paint, you know, first thing in the morning until, you know, for several hours until that works for them. So the first thing is we can't mess with the, the, the thing that gives us joy, right? We can't mess with that creative time. So first we have to know when that time is, and that's our sacred creative time. And then once we know that, then we decide, okay, what are we going to do and where are we going to put that business side? So if my creative time is from 2 p.m. to say 6 or 7, then I can use my morning hours for the business side. And that's when my brain is usually firing off anyway of like all of the things that I need to get done. And for me, it works best if I can check off all of those things that I need to get done so that when I get into that creative space, I'm not worried about, oh, I I didn't return that email or I didn't do this or that. And it just frees me up to to get in the zone. But like I said, it's going to be different for every single artist. You can choose when when your business time is. Maybe you're like, nah, I'm going to get my creative stuff out of the way first. I'm going to choose me first and my creativity and I'll do the business stuff later in the day. But by time blocking that and sticking to the time blocking, uh, that helps us to prioritize the business side of things. The third thing that I suggest is at the very beginning of the week, whatever the beginning of the week is for you, for some people it's Sunday, for me it's Monday, at the beginning of every week, I look at what's going on in my business and I look at what is the one or maybe two things that if I did those one or two things by the end of the week, what is going to move the needle for me in terms of sales? So once I know what those few things are, I do those first. I don't know if you've ever heard the term Um, eat the frog first. And eat the frog first generally means like those things that we know are going to make the most impact, but it feels like the heaviest lift and we don't want to do them. So generally we procrastinate and we put them off. But if we eat the frog first, if we, which is really a terrible term when you think about it. (laughs) I'm from Louisiana. I eat frog's legs and I don't even like that term. But if we eat the frog first, if we do that one thing or two things first, then by the end of, you know, maybe it's three months or by the end of six months, we can see how our business has really progressed because we've done those things that have really moved the needle. So what does that look like? Maybe uh, the things that you need to do first that are going to move the needle are going to be, you know, writing your monthly or your biweekly emails for your collectors and you sit down and you, and you batch those, right? So you can write, you know, four, maybe six emails and that's going to move the needle. Maybe another thing that's going to uh, move the needle is reaching out to local interior designers, or maybe it's applying to galleries, or maybe it's something as simple as, as setting up your social media posts for the week or for the next two weeks, whatever that might be, Set aside that time 
and decide at the beginning of the week on Monday what are going to be those one or two things that are going to move that needle in your business. Next, keep in mind that consistency is the key. Showing up and doing these business things regularly and consistently is so much better than just going ham and throwing yourself totally into it, you know, 10 hours a day on and on, because what that's going to do is it's going to lead to you like giving up out of frustration or it just fizzling out completely. It's so much better if you can just do baby steps and show up consistently. Now, for me, what that has looked like is, you know, um, I've been writing a book for, uh, you know, it took me a year and a half and I've been so busy. So what I decided to do was Monday through Friday, I was just going to get up and write for one hour. And rather than sit and write what I was doing before, I was sit and write, you know, an entire chapter, which could take me six or seven hours. Instead, I just took baby steps and just wrote one hour a day. And now I've finished a whole ass book because I just kept showing up, baby steps and moving forwards. So you may have a big goal. You know, maybe your big goal is to get your paintings loaded onto your website, or maybe it's to get your paintings loaded onto Artwork Archive, which I've talked about a lot. Artwork Archive is an inventory management software system that I use, um, and it does so much more than inventory management. But you do have to set and you have to get the images of the paintings and you have to load them. So um, I always suggest if you have a big goal like that, the baby steps could be, okay, write down what are the 20 things or maybe it's the 10 things or whatever it might be, but what are all of those baby steps that need to get done in order for that to make it happen? And just decide, okay, you know, this week I'm going to do, you know, this number of steps that are going to take me that much farther to my goal. And next, and this is important in terms of those baby steps and, you know, being consistent, set yourself a deadline for getting things done. So if we're looking at the same example of say loading up your your images, if if you didn't have a deadline, I don't know, if it was me, no deadline for me means no progress. Like nothing is going to happen. It's very similar to if I run into somebody I haven't seen for a while and, you know, I could like them very much, but if we say, hey, let's get together sometime, but we don't put a date on the calendar, it's just not going to happen. And it's the same way in our business. If we don't set a deadline for the goals that we have, you know, who knows if we hit them and who knows if we don't, I can tell you for me, it would be like, I'm not going to hit that deadline because there is none, right? You can't, you can't hit a, a target if you don't know where the bullseye is. So set a deadline for those goals. And lastly, this is really important. It's something I really want you to consider because these are questions that I've had to ask myself many times. And that is, if I'm not working 
on the business side of my art business. And if I do really want to sell the art, but I'm not doing that, I ask myself, what is the inaction doing for me? What is the price that I am paying for the inaction? And often I find that uh, my procrastination or my non-movement of certain things is actually an act of self-sabotage. And that really, that self-sabotage, again, goes back into what I've talked about before is just like our ego wanting us to to play it safe. But the self-sabotage is something that we really need to look into is like, what are we really afraid of? if we have a successful art business, because once we can identify that, you know, maybe we're afraid of um, what it would take away from us as parents, or maybe we're afraid of what it would take away from us as, as partners. But ask, ask yourself, what is this inaction doing for me? And usually the inaction is leading to self-sabotage. And that self-sabotage is really kind of the one of one of the basis of that whole starving artist thing. It's it's not that we don't know how, it's that for some reason we're not doing it. So unpacking that, unpacking, you know, what the inaction is doing for us, shining a light on it, and then saying, you know what, I deserve better. I want more for my life. I want to sell my work. I want the world to see what I have. I know that the work that I'm creating is going to change somebody's home. It might change somebody's life. And the world needs what I have to offer. Now, if all of the business stuff is stressing you out, and and listen, I know sometimes it stresses me out. And I've talked to countless number of artists who find the business side of things stressful. Let me share with you one of the biggest things that has impacted my business and just my life in general, and that is meditation. I know it's like you've probably heard it over and over again, but meditation has really changed just my, um, well, it's just changed so many things, but it meditation has a way of grounding me and getting me really centered and just kind of a way of reminding me of why I'm doing what I'm doing. So I have created a meditation that I've heard from so many of you that you have absolutely loved it. It's a free meditation. It's available in the show notes and I'd like to share it with you. Um, It may seem simple. It's like, really, what is meditation going to do for me and my business? But if you just try it, you just try it for, you know, 30 days and and let me know what it's done for you. I have seen it shift many artists' attitudes toward business and meditation has certainly shifted mine. So I hope these tips have been helpful for you in getting your business groove back because you deserve to have a thriving art business. You deserve to have a career doing what you love.